Hello, and welcome to High and Low, a podcast... No, I'm just kidding. What? Uh, <laughs> special edition of Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space to talk about the recently released movie Ready Player One. My name is Joel, and I am joined by Sarah, my regular co-host, and our special guest, Spencer. are you guys doing all right i guess i'm i'm mid addiction of on a, a marvel game app so so you're kind of like uh wade watts don't from this at, movie right don't compare me to that serial killer you're kind of like <laughs> listen it was uh, the, the the character works because he's like bella from the twilight movies you know you could just put mm-hmm. yourself into his place He's a blank slate. And his step-aunt's boyfriend is the dad from uh, The Witch. Oh, man, he's the dad? Yes. He's doing a really not good American accent. Wow. I didn't even think he was from America for a second. I didn't really think about it, though. Like, the whole time, time I was like, I thought you were gutted by Black Phillip. Why are you here? I support, whatever, who cares? Who cares? I support The Witch. So, yeah, we're getting into this uh, spoiler thing here. Uh, Before we go directly into spoilers about Ready Player One, let's just give a general feeling about the movie. Steven Spielberg Mm -hmm. is a a gamer, I've heard. Uh, He even designed a a Wii game back in the day. You mean like a decade ago? Yes. Via Boomblocks? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I never played it because I could care less. Yeah, the Wii kind of sucked. It had seven good games. That's been like Nintendo's thing since the N64. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. They're, they're really coasting on Pokemon for a while with handheld yeah. stuff. Yeah, Pokemon, Super Smash, the regular Mario, and a Zelda game. They can't even get Metroid right anymore. Yeah. So so apparently we're gamers. Okay. Yes. All three of us are gamers. Sarah, she's a huge gamer. No. She's always playing Tetris. I do love Tetris. Mm-hmm. There, there was no Tetris in this movie. Yeah, I noticed hmm. that. Oh, do you think Putin has that uh has that copyright unlock? <laughs> oh man, that guy that uh the guy who made the music is is like the spokesperson for that the game. So or no, he's the designer. Never the, mind. the designer, he was a Soviet engineer, dude. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I was gonna say the famous Tetris song is a folk song with lyrics. It sounds like one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, that seems like a big faux pas. Not to have Tetris in the movie. I don't know. I I noticed it because there's a few games that I really liked from back in the day, but I knew they couldn't do everything because there were so many different games and different things they could pick to highlight or throw back or remember or whatever. 
So I'm going to be honest, watching this movie, I had no idea what was going to happen going into it. The only thing I had heard about the book was that it was about a future where you played video games. That was basically all I knew. And I liked it that way because Mm. there were a lot of things happening in it that I didn't expect. (laughs) You might say the future is now. Because as we're talking, I'm playing a video game. I shouldn't be doing that. You should be paying attention. Yeah, Joel, I put down Marvel Contest of Champions for this podcast. Well, the good thing about this other Marvel game I'm playing is it will play itself if I hit the right button. So So will Marvel Contest of Champions. Sarah, that's just as bad as a video game. Instagram videos, come on. That's not true. Uh, Did you read the book, Spencer? Uh, I never heard of the book until the movie was coming out, and some Facebook friends were complaining about how much I hated the book, and I read some excerpts from it, and I was like, I will not, I probably would not enjoy the book at all. And, um... You know, I I didn't hear anybody hating this book until recently. I heard a lot of love for this book, so, but yeah, continue. Yeah, but I kind of knew nothing about it, and then... I was intrigued with Spielberg, and Spielberg, even if it's bad, it's still very watchable. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of problems with this movie, but coming out, like some parts were real grating and irritating, but coming out of it, I was like, I'd go see that again. Like, I, I'm considering going to see it again in, in, at the movie theater, even though there's certain certain parts will drive me insane, but it's like, it's still Spielberg. It's like, you know, comforting. He knows how to make a big crowd pleaser of a movie. Sure. And this is definitely a see in the theater kind of movie. It's, it belongs on the big screen the same way that Avatar did. I I feel like it will have a hard time transitioning over. Like, uh, it, it might just, just as soon be forgotten after that point, the way that Avatar has disappeared from our lives. Hey, hey, Disney has the Avatar world with that really terrible uh, boat ride. Is that really, like, is that a thing already? Yes. I mean, it's been, it's been like six years. Yeah, I went to Disney World last Halloween. Uh, it was, it was open already. Mm. Yeah. And there were a bunch of blue naked people walking around? It's just like a boat ride thing. There's an animatronic uh, alien lady, and uh, it, it was kind of lame. And there's a roller coaster, too, if you're into that stuff. No Sigourney Weaver? Uh, I don't remember seeing anything with her. Pointless. I read a little bit of Ready Player One. I did not get very far into it. And I'm not going to go into why it didn't work for me, because that's everybody's game right now. A lot of people are, I didn't like the book. They walked into the movie with a, uh, an I already a preconceived idea of what they were getting into. I have to say that I also walked into the movie with a preconceived <laughs> idea, because I assumed it was going to be terrible. The trailers look bad. Oh, yeah. They are not encouraging. So, when people started saying, hey, this movie's actually pretty good, like people I like, like Matt Singer Mm -hmm. is one of the critics I follow, and he said it was good. So, I was like, all right, we're going to go see it. Sarah was shocked because 
I'd already been bitching because about it. Because <laughs> I had already said that I wouldn't mind seeing it, and he was like, no. No. <laughs> because he had already heard people talking crap, and then, or he had a bad idea from the trailer, but then, like, people were like, hey, it's all right, it's pretty watchable, it's good, like, and then he was like, okay. But yeah, I... I I actually really liked it, and I was surprised because I usually don't like CG movies, like, at all. Yeah, big time. Yeah, for me, the CG kind of worked because it's a, it's like a, like a giant MMO, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that, that made, like, okay, I can, I can buy it. Well, there are certain parts with the CG is kind of like, this is awkward. I don't know what the point was. Mm-hmm. But we can get into that in the spoiler section. Sure. In general, I thought the movie was good on the in to watch in the theater. I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. Uh, it, it, like uh, I gave it three stars out of five on Letterbox, which means that sure it's worth a watch, but not more than once probably. Yeah, I'd rather watch 1941. I mean that's just that just makes you a sick puppy. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, well, that has Christopher Lee and Toshiro Mifune sharing scenes together. So what? <laughs> that that's true. Sarah, <laughs> I would totally watch this again. I had no expectations of this movie going into it, but I was pleasantly surprised by some of the ideas. Not to raise everybody's expectations of the movie, but. I'll just say that I think it works, and that I enjoyed it. I stated earlier, I, I wouldn't mind seeing this again in a theater. It's very, very watchable, and just a, it's a fun time, even though it's uh, very flawed in certain ways. Yeah, yeah. It's nostalgic, and there's a lot of different pop culture references that are kind of fun in it. I'm sure that I mean, in a way, it's already talking about a specific time period. Not to spoil anything specific, but but there are things in it that are nostalgic from an era that's already gone. And I'm sure that looking back on it later, it will feel that way too. But yeah, I think that it's really, it's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I got feeling is this movie will not age very well. It feels too specific. Yep. I think, I okay, so the general note here is go see it in the theater, even yeah. if you're just slightly curious about it. Yeah, and if you're like, the book sucks, it's apparently a big improvement over the book. I, from, I, I hear from people who read the book say. Yeah, it, it's got to have a better flow, because they're talking about, I mean, it must be talking about a lot of visual things in the book. And yeah. This, obviously, it's a very visually interesting movie in that way. This is one of my sister's favorite books, and my mm. sister and I have a lot in common. I haven't read this book yet, but she told me that she really enjoys it, and I can kind of understand why now, um, having seen the movie, because, I, I mean, I'll have to read the book to see but basically we have similar interests and i can tell that there are some things that probably um from the story appealed to her that also appealed to me sounds good okay yeah. 
Yeah. Let's go into spoilers. From this point forward, listener, if you have not seen the movie, you should go see it and then listen to the part after this. Other, If you don't care about spoilers, continue listening. We appreciate you sticking around either way. <laughs> uh, so... I gotta get something uh, off my chest immediately. Oh, you, you've got you've got a bone to pick. Okay, I, I, I have a couple. My main okay. okay Tell first me about this one. Bone. <laughs> Ty Sheridan, who plays Wade Watts, his mouth was open constantly. Whenever you see it, it was just like he's this weird mouth breathing nerd, and the glasses make him look like a serial killer. And immediately, I was like, oh no, this guy has some bad news. Come. Yeah, he's kind of got an Andrew Cunanan look going on there. Yeah, <laughs> and like the whole, like there was the ending where he gets the girl. I kept thinking, like, cut to five years later, they're going to find her body a couple blocks away, missing her skin. Oh my God, I'm going to kill her. No, I no. liked the guy. I don't mm. know what the actor's name was. Ty Sheridan. He plays baby, baby Cyclops and the new X Men stuff. Wade uh, Watts. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with him. Mm. I thought that he seemed like the appropriate age, and he seemed to have the appropriate level of acting ability to pull it off. I don't know. But I guess I didn't have any, yeah. Mm. I didn't have any bones to pick there. Yeah, and, like, the character's mentality, like, is he, he's supposed to be 18 because he was born 2027, it's 2045. He's 18 years old, but he has the mentality to me of like a 12 year old. And that kind of got at certain points, like you're 18, you should be over this part of your life. I mean, logically you can, you can, you can parse out a reason why he would still be feeling that way. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the Oasis is a part of life now, so he hasn't had a reason to grow out of it. There are people that like make their entire careers doing what he is trying to yeah. do. Yeah. But then the whole, like, romance angle is he falls in love when she says, oh, that's from Buckaroo Banzai. And it's like, by time you're 18, like, a, a specific the same interest shouldn't be, oh, I'm in love. That's, I mean, that's kind of the, <laughs> the nerd stereotype. Like, oh I'm my god, she gets my references. <laughs> oh, she's a girl who can hang. And then he's like, hey, I I love you, and I don't want to cut your skin off yet. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, like Artemis was the big highlight of the movie for me, and she reminds me of Emily Blunt from Edge of Tomorrow, slash Kill, I Repeat, whichever title you prefer. Her character was more interesting, yeah. Olivia Cook, I yeah. think, is the actress's name. Yeah, she's in Thoroughbreds with R.I.P. Uh, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. She's also in Earl, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh. She plays the Dying Girl. Interesting. But, um... She's I, British. Oh. She has, does a good accent. Yep. See, my, my, problem, my problem with Wade Watts, and maybe this is a character problem, is that he's one of those nerds that is not a nerd. He's a hunk. And he's, like, athletic and stuff like that, and... It's like, yeah. yeah, I know a lot of trivia, but I'm also, you know, if I he didn't take his shirt off in this movie, but if I'm sure he did, he's got he's got some abs down there. Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, he, Joel he had... was imagining him with his shirt off. <laughs> Do you see the way he looked? But he, I mean, his character is a dorkish character. It looks like one of the guys from Reboot, and is like the opening scene where he's walking through the oasis, and he's like he's like bouncing while he's walking. His hair's flopping. I just want to. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like their characters in the game. Their avatars. Like, why would you choose to look? If you could look like anything, you you look like a character from Final Fantasy XII. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Like the just, just nitpicking, just nitpicking, Joel. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if I was an Oasis, I would pick uh, Moon Knight, my favorite superhero. But that's just me. Yeah, I I liked the the story because of the idea of the story more so than the <clears throat> actual like execution of it because i think the idea is really translatable and is kind of a hero's journey classic archetype but i feel like it was kind of for me it was kind of like watching like willy wonka and the chocolate mm. factory but like for a more current time or um what else did it remind me of? Kind of, I mean, there's some Back to the Futurey stuff in it, but do you mean really his DeLorean? <laughs> yeah, his DeLorean and the guy, the guy that was the inventor <laughs> that looked like Doc. <laughs> I'm kind just of, he yeah. Didn't really look that much know. like him. He just have his hair up. But I, I like the idea. I was telling Joel after we got out of the movie, I liked that they rip off the Band-Aid in the beginning. Like, the world that you knew is gone. Like, it's gone. Everything you used to value, everything you thought was important, none of that matters anymore. It's a different... We've moved on from that and we're doing something different now. And I really liked the idea of there being, like, hope. Like, in the society beyond, like all the crap that's gone wrong in the world because most movies we've watched for the podcast, especially have been futures where everything is so bad or it pretends it pretends to be good, but there's really something bad going on Mm. that it's like, there isn't much hope in it, but I felt like this was kind of a, a cool twist on like a hero story that had like hope in it in a dystopian future. That's Spielberg for you. He really made this. In my opinion, the script was just bad. Like yeah. the like the 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 bones of it are good. It's this is you know a basic hero's journey, which is you know this uh, universal. But when you get to specifics, it just kind of doesn't really work. Like, the, like, they don't really establish rules of what you can and cannot do within the Oasis. Mm-hmm. True. And so it's kind of like anything can happen, and it's not like, oh, well, it's just, it's just like real life. It's not really a video game. It's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just kind of awkward the way, like, each challenge played with the rules, and the third one was just like when it goes into, like, the real life thing it's like what is this i was wondering that because you know i'm not the hugest gamer nerd but um don't sell yourself short but i was talking to joel about it and i was saying 
Like, do you think this movie is made for game nerds, or do you think it's made for, like, the general, like, population? Like, everybody, old people, young people, like, anyone could go to this movie. And I mm-hmm. think it is, like, a mass appeal thing where... It's it's definitely trying to appeal to the, the highest number of people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but. it's it's got all these, but it thinks that it's being smart by having all of its throwbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not, it's not done in a clever way, except oh, for no. with the exception of the Shining part, which is like a, a game I want to play. <laughs> Back to like the whole like no, it doesn't establish rules, so it kind of feels awkward. Like it, um, but my main problem with the whole script is the dialogue at times is. And then it's real clunky with like the specific references. Like this is this was James whatever's eleventh favorite movie. And it's like that doesn't sound natural coming out of that that mouth in this world. It just feels like like a I don't know. And it did the classic <laughs> thing of too much too much tell, not enough show. Yeah. Where like there's yeah. so much explaining things where it's like. I'm not stupid. I could have figured this out on my own. Yeah, I can understand why that would be problematic for people. Um, and it and it is. It's not like the most highbrow movie I've ever seen by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> it's definitely, you know, I think maybe is it PG thirteen? Uh yeah. yes. Because they feel like, yeah, they got their one um, one f bomb with Chucky. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect to like it because I don't like massive mainstream movies because they're edgy and cool. I, I'm not really that into those kind of games, like World of Warcraft or any of those type mm-hmm. of things. I've never played any of those. Um, I mean, I've played Animal Crossing. I guess that's the closest to like a live a living like everyday type of game but didn't have an animal crossing though like is that even an option can you just i guess the idea is why mm-hmm. would you want to live that virtual life but i mean think of how many people are playing that uh what, what's that farm game that everybody was crazy about oh farmville no not farmville not not the clicker on facebook harvest moon that's it, it's like a knockoff of harvest moon it's uh mm-hmm. something something valley uh, I don't know. Uh, anyways, like people like dig that stuff, so there must be something we didn't. See. I guess that w- obviously that wouldn't have been exciting to see on screen, but no, it's something that people do like to do. I guess I remembered what I was going to say. I was going to say that the, the dialogue feeling so clunky and like uh, people laying out those lines, like "Oh, it was the eleventh, blah blah blah," and it was from this date and stuff like that. That's the kind of nerd dialogue that like people actually do that mm-hmm. are socially awkward and it's trying to come off as like cool in this movie <laughs> but it doesn't come off as cool <laughs> yeah and it's funny because the the uh i rock tj miller's character yeah he's supposed to be like oh he looks all badass but he also uh, is pretty nerdy when he talks it's like well the main character does that too he's just like uh, Iraq is talking to the evil businessman, and the main character is talking to other nerds like him. So it's it's coming off as a thing, I guess, uh, a thing that works. Well, the T.J. Miller thing always made me laugh because I am a big fan of T.J. Miller, and I, I'll say this before anyone says that I know about the allegations. 
towards them. You can look it up. It's not great, but it's still, it's, you know, it's a, it's a dicey issue with the allegations thrown his way recently. But, um, aside from that, um, he, he is, is naturally very funny. And every time he's on screen, every line genuinely guy laugh at me. I yeah. can't, I can't follow you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I liked how nerdy the bad guy was too. I was like, now, like, we were watching, what did we see? Oh, we saw something from Star Wars, Rogue One, and mm-hmm. he's a bad guy in that too. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just like, I just see you as being like a dork <laughs> with a computer now that's like really into games. and like- Yeah. I, he was a dork in, in Rogue One too, because he like was mm-hmm. trying to move up ahead and Darth Vader was like, no, you know, smacks him down back into his place. <laughs> Wait, was he the the engineer in that one, or is that Mad uh, Mickelson? Mads Mickelson is the you know, the main character's dad in the beginning of the movie, and then he ends up. I thought he was know, the I'm engineer. Not, not ben, Men- ben Mendelsohn is the the guy who wears the cape. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought that was Paul Gleason. That my friend cut. Paul Gleason Paul is Gleason in is the regular. Or no, no. Paul Gleason's the- not in these movies. You're thinking of Domhnall Gleason. No, no, Paul Gleason, as in the principal from Breakfast Club. He's been dead for years, man. Did they resurrect him? <laughs> I, he looks. Ben Mendelsohn looks like Paul Gleason, and every time I see Ben Mendelsohn, it's like he does. He does. Oh my god, I couldn't put my finger on it, but now I totally see uh, it. Yeah, I can see it now that I'm looking. One hundred percent. But no, I did not think that's Paul Gleason because I know Paul Gleason is dead. He can't be. He's been dead for years. He was in... Wait, Van Wilder is over 10 years old. Never mind. Yeah. That can't be true. Paul Gleason died in 2006. Oh, I didn't know that. R.I.P. I'm sorry to have broken it to you. <laughs> Paul, Paul Gleason could have had a cameo in this movie since they, you know, yeah. they drop on The Breakfast Club and... I'm surprised they didn't reference Die Hard. Maybe that was a little too rough for him. Well, he was watching The Shining on a first date. Never mind. I have no idea. I think that this movie probably benefits from rewatches because it goes with the Easter egg theme. And I I honestly believe that there's all kinds of different Easter egg things hidden in the movie. Not even just like, oh, did you see that, that little like thing in the background there? Like, I think there are like real easter eggs hidden in the movie like hidden and stuff I, and i feel like steven spielberg like wanted to have something that was like a willy wonka-esque thing for people to take apart and try to like figure out the magic in it or whatever or if there was a secret golden ticket or something and i don't know why mm. i get that feeling but i just do i think that people should rewatch it because they'll probably find secrets yeah, I, I, I mean, there was that secret thing in the book that like led to a, a video game in real life. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't even heard hmm. about that. Yeah, there. I don't remember. There was some code somebody could figure out from the books, which took you to a website, and it was a video game. There, you That's you're awesome. playing like through the stacks, which is what they call it. Uh-huh. Well, the the living environment is. I don't know what That's else really happened with cool. that. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of the three challenges? Um, I I told Sarah this right away. The first challenge should have been solved almost immediately. 
because yeah, as somebody who worked as a video game tester, I would have driven backwards way earlier. It was well, every, like everything in it was drawn out a little too much, but that was kind of like so stupid. Like seriously, that's it. Yeah. Like I can't. I, like you don't have to go look at the visual things. Like somebody would have been driving against all the walls on that level because that's what you do. If you know that one level is going to lead you to a a secret in there, you would be looking for holes and everything because that's that. Like I do that in video games, anyways, and not like I haven't been a tester in uh, like seven years or something like that. It's just the natural order of things. Like, there are speedrunners who would have been trying to do things. I don't know if speedrunners are a thing in Oasis, but it's certainly a thing in video games. Yeah. Okay, so, and then the second one... The second like, one I never would have figured out. Okay, wait. Oh, wait, back to the first one. So, the whole King Kong thing, that was... I don't know. I don't uh, know how I feel about King Kong being... It just seemed like... Like, I don't know. Never mind. I mean, King Kong is not sacred material anymore. No, it's not that sacred. It's just... You think that he's a misunderstood beast and he would let people win the race? Yeah. Or maybe, like, <laughs> let a, a blonde white woman that looks like the actress from that movie go through. Yeah, he, he would have stolen Artemis and taken him, taken her to... Uh, she's a redhead, game. not blonde, so... That's true. But she could change it. That's true. She's also like a fish person or something like that. That's what yeah. she looks like to me. Her eyes were weird. It looked like the eyes in the... You know the trailer for a new Robert Rodriguez movie this summer about like a cyborg girl? Yes. Looks Battle like Angel Alita. Yeah, it looks like that kind of to me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. There are drawings of... Of girls and dolls of girls and, and cartoons of girls where they... They have completely large heads and eyes and very tiny bodies, and that is 100% normal, and all human girls look that way in real life. <laughs> Thinking about the Bratz movie, of course. Oh my gosh, you know which ones I saw that were even creepier to me? I was watching my uh, my friend's daughter's. And they had these dolls that creeped me out so bad. They were like goth. I think they were from like Monster High or something. Oh, yeah, Monster yeah. High. Oh my about? gosh. It's like brats, but they're like they're scary animals or something. Yeah, there's like a Frankenstein one and a vampire one. And they're all really hot. Don't worry, they're hot. But they're like <laughs> dead Sarah, tiger. They're for children. Goth. My God. Brats. <laughs> I really like the... Yeah, like, it's the show that my nieces like. <laughs> I liked the racing part. I didn't like mm -hmm. the, the puzzle, the question thing, but I, I did enjoy them, like, the, the yeah, just the opening racing scene and the, the things they had to dodge and, you know, yeah. the action. The whole action part was very enjoyable, especially compared to the later action scene where they're in a van. <laughs> or not oh, even a van, yeah. it's like a food truck. It's a, it's a postal truck. Yep. But uh, they, I was real disappointed because a trailer promised me a Rush soundtrack. <laughs> I didn't get any Rush music. I got the overused 80s crap that I've heard a thousand times already. 
I wanted to hear some Rush, and you know what? I was sorely disappointed. I'm not sure exactly what the feel was with the music in this. I don't know if maybe it was a disconnect, or maybe they were running out of money or something, because I'm sure they had to figure out, like, how they were going to be able to use so many things that, like, belong to other people. I think it's Spielberg. He's like, hey, I want to use this, and people are like, okay. Yep. Oh, that's just one song. That's just one song. I thought that they were saying, like, she had done the sound. Says it has jumped by Van Halen. That's what it opens with. It does, yeah. That's what I thought. Pesh mode. It says it has Tom Sawyer by Rush. Not enough Rush. That's the most played out one. Does anyone know any other Rush songs? Uh, I did in high school because they had their <laughs> stuff from the 70s. By make my, oh, yeah, make uh, Hall and Oates. I mean, if yeah. I were to... Twisted Sister. Yeah, I'm tired of that song because that, that one Twisted Sister song is always using political stuff. <laughs> it got played out a long, long, long time ago. In the in the in the whole him holding a boombox at the end battle with where it's gonna take it's like Jesus Christ, I get it. Yep. Yeah, that was not what <laughs> don't don't remind me. That's like my one major nitpick, just that one moment like, man Can we just pick a different song? <laughs> pick like I know rat round and round. It doesn't fit, but it's better. It's hard. It's really hard to not find songs that specifically match what you what you want the feeling to be in a movie. I feel like like somebody who's good at picking that kind of stuff. It, it, I feel like that's more of an auteur thing, not like a studio thing. And this is like studio. Like, what songs can we get? Oh man, I get specifically the song I want. They're fighting, or no, no. Oh God, I wanted to crawl up into a corner and die when they were on the. They were dancing in the zero G thing, and then they started mm-hmm. doing BGs. Now I got bleep myself. I like that part actually. I liked I, it that's too. what Sarah said too. I liked it too. I'm like, you love the BGs. What are you talking about? That's, Joel? I do. I do like the BGs. I just don't like the idea of two nerds being like, "Look how cool we are dancing." I just think about it as like DDR or something like. In DDR, you'd see, or whatever. There's a scene in the Emoji movie that's like a DDR scene. I've only seen a couple uh, of parts from the Emoji okay. movie. But that specifically made me think of the Emoji movie, and that's a bad thing. Is that an upcoming episode? No. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Maybe on high and low, but not in... <laughs> uh, the Emoji movie is a movie starring T.J. Miller as the voice of the smile emoji. And Sir Patrick Stewart is the poop emoji. You watched the emoji movie? No, they were watching it at my parents' house. It sounds bad. It it probably is, but I Sir Patrick... I don't know why you would think it sounds bad. Look at that. Sir Patrick Stewart is the poop yeah, emoji. That's cool. It has to be classy. Mm-hmm. But, so, like, the, the, the dance club scene, like, the... Like, there are parts of this movie that I found to be extremely irritating, but they're always countered by parts that I found to be genuinely, like, a whole lot of fun, where it's like, I, I don't care, this is stupid. Like, yeah. like the whole dance club sequence, and then there's, like, the, the orb that uh, re- uh rewinds time, and it's like, I don't mind that, that, that the quick fix came out, well, like, that quick fix, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, but... uh. 
Yeah. I mean, that you know what that feels like. What? S- Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it was kind of like Sp- Scott Pilgrim minus what made Sp- Scott Pilgrim interesting. Yeah, I do think there is some Scott Pilgrim in it, but I think that this, that Scott Pilgrim was way more grounded in, like, a particular story, whereas I think this one, even though it's about these characters, I feel like it's supposed to be more of a story that could be for anyone. It's it's yeah. a little, like, this is supposed to be more accessible or something. But what made Scott Pilgrim so cool was that like, it wasn't apologizing for it. It just did it, like, and didn't try to, like, make it understandable for people. Yeah. Like, Scott Pilgrim used, like, video games and uh, basically has, like, a to uh, show that he's not a good person in relationships and he has to learn. It's like the whole, like, in Scott Pilgrim, like, he gets extra life because, like, he realizes, oh, he's kind of a not great dude when it comes to dating. And being in a committed relationship with someone. Where in this, the extra life was kind of like, it's a video game, guys. You get extra lives. I mean, he earned that extra life. He stumped the Ask yeah. Jeeves robot. But it doesn't thematically fit into things like Scott Pilgrim was more thought out. I mean, it was also a twist. Like, I wasn't expecting him to have that extra life. It was just a quarter. That's true. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. I think my favorite parts about the movie weren't Wade, like, playing the game. I kind of wasn't, I wasn't crazy about anybody's avatar, really. I didn't really like the CG stuff that much, which is kind of why I was so surprised that I thought it worked. But my favorite part was really the makers of the video game. <laughs> The um the characters uh, that were the creators of the Oasis. Yeah, Slato and Ogden Morrow. Yeah, Simon Pegg. Yeah. And the, some other dude who I've probably seen stuff, but... Not Sorrento. No. What is the guy's name? Uh, Halliday. Yeah. Yeah. Roy Halliday. Oh, he died. I, I tried to make that joke. He, he was a pitcher for the Phillies that died in a plane crash last year. Oh, oh that's bummer. great. Yeah. But uh, uh. <laughs> so why why did you like them in particular? I felt like I could relate to those guys more than I could the like people playing the game. I could relate a little bit to the Artemis character and to a little bit to the Wade character, but those guys I felt like I felt like it was showing a different side of like of what you've seen in other movies. Like, I kind of liked that it, I guess what I compare it to is like the Facebook movie. What, it, what was that called? Social network. The social network. And, um, I mean, it, they're obviously like uh, pirates of Silicon Valley and stuff well, like that. I was going to say they're obviously Steve supposed Jobs. to be. Yes, yeah, Steve you. Jobs. Sorry. Allow me to. Yes. They call Ogden Morrow Ogs, like Waz. Oh. Steve Jobs' partner. So Steve Wozniak. He, he yeah. tries a segue. Yeah. So does somebody else, probably. Oh, um, Halliday was Mark Rylance, who was allegedly in Dunkirk, but so many of those actors look the same, I'm not sure who he was. 
Yeah, I don't know him from anything else. Yeah, Dunkirk is... All those white dudes look the same. <laughs> so it's okay that they got blown up. Is that what you're trying to say? No, like, I, I can't tell anyone apart in that movie. They all look the same. I see. It's a fine movie. It's like, you could cast, I don't know, a black person, maybe? Christopher Nolan? No, not not Dunkirk. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. Only white people fought that war. Okay. Give me a break, Joel. <laughs> I like the uh, evil lady partner from uh, for Ben Mendelsohn's character. Who was uh, her name was Fanale? Finale? Yeah, something like Zandor? that. I, I don't know, but like she kept going off to do action things, and I was like, hey, let's go see what she's going to be doing. <laughs> oh, no, we're going back in the video game, Joel. I'm like, oh man. But she wasn't very good at her job. No, not really. And I don't know if we were supposed to think that was, like, silly that they were so uh, incompetent. Like, they couldn't really deal with the real world because everything had been in the Oasis up to that point. But, I mean, they did blow up a big old chunk of that uh, car stack there. That felt way too heavy for this movie. It felt... Like I need, I understand he needed motivation, but that just felt way too extreme for what this movie is. The part where where Wade is pointing a gun into Sorrento's face, and he says, "You killed my mom's sister." I was like, "Why didn't he just say aunt? Why? Yeah, why would he so say clunky. my mom's sister?" I don't know if that's a line from the book or what, but I. I feel like maybe they were trying to make it sound more personal. I thought that was like they're trying to do like a Star Wars reference. I don't like, like a roundabout like uh, I am your father thing. Maybe it was just another incompetence thing. Like he is not the kind of person who's ever held a gun in somebody's face. So well, that scene, that scene is just a mess. What it's just like in. Because uh, they're in their virtual world when they're threatening him with a gun, and then they leave the door open so he can see their avatars on a reflection on a surface that, I guess, has a mirror on it. Another problem with that is uh, the the guy who plays Dido, uh, he has different colored eyes. Like, he's got, like, yellow eyes in that scene. But it's supposed to be in the real world? Yeah. I mean, did... Was I mean I know Ben Mendelsohn's character is dumb, but they assume he was wearing contact lens or something. Yeah, and like that's one of the scenes where I'm like, so in the so in the video game it can look photorealistic too. Yeah, it it it's just one of those things like I don't understand the rules of this world. It feels like they're just making it up as they go along. I mean that's yeah that's probably what they're doing. And I don't I don't want, I don't want to nitpick just like there does some huge huge problems with this, how the story plays out, where it's like, this is, this need a couple more drafts. Yeah. Yeah, it feels rushed, yeah. I didn't really have much of a problem with the story pacing. I thought the dialogue could have been a little better, and I thought that, I mean, I get what you're saying about, about uh, there being issues with the world and stuff. 
but I feel like if they wanted to make it as specific as, like, one specific game, they could have. I think they were trying to satisfy too many of their problems at the same time. They were trying to make it watchable and understandable for people who might not play video games. I feel like maybe they were trying to give, like, some familiarity for people that did play games, but I also think they were trying to make it sort of similar to the way the book feels. And that's probably just a really tall order that, like, they couldn't, maybe they couldn't do as much as they were trying to do. And I do think that they, there were some parts that didn't really, like, in my mind, the Oasis can be anything, right? It can kind of be anything that you can have in real life. Is that right, in your opinion? As long as you have the credits for it, yeah. Yeah. So I guess H has the credits to design a photorealistic, like, trap within an oasis? Because H was the one who designed it. Wait, wait, what are you talking about? In the scene where they're threatening Mendelssohn with the guns. Where they make his chair. Yeah, like, H is saying, like, how she designed this. Oh, sorry, that's a spoiler. Yeah, she's like, oh There's no, lo- we're in the spoiler section. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's this- like a mo- she's a modder. So you know, they were just, in the beginning. They were talking about how she was specially making the Iron Giant for somebody, and and it was like not in the game until she made it. Apparently, yeah. Did Spielberg produce that movie? The Iron Giant. Yeah, yeah. he had something to do with it. Okay. He he called Harry Connick Jr. Uh, himself and said, "I need you. I need you for this movie." I haven't seen that. Diesel won't shut up. (laughs) I haven't seen that since I was, I think, 10. I don't remember liking it at the time. I've never seen it. But as a child, I I hear it's very good. It's just, as a kid, I didn't really care for it. It is good, but I believe it has James Woods in it, which makes me hesitant to watch it again. Is he playing a villain? Of course he is. Uh, Yeah, that's fine. Has James Woods ever played a good guy? Uh, the Virgin Suicides. The Virgin Suicides. That's what's called. Guy. Is he is he trying to stop those Virgin Suicides? I think he's movie? he's a dad. I think. I think he, they must have killed themselves for a reason. I think it's because James Woods was their dad. I don't remember <laughs> if he plays the dad or not in that movie. I, I thought was... he was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. James Woods is. I think that's the one time he played a good guy. I mean. In the Virgin Suicides, there's issues, but <laughs> I would say he's not your typical, like, villain in a movie, but the parents are kind of the reason they end up oh. like, opting out. Hmm. Okay, Joel, you're right. I, I think he has never played a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert for the Virgin Suicide. Jeez, even as a voice actor, he's playing Lex Luthor in Justice League stuff. Well, who else? He's perfect. Or Ben Mendelsohn. That's true. But, um, so the Shining Challenge. Oh, yeah, like, Shining. When they got, when they went to the to, uh, room 237, I, the whole time I was like, how are they going to get around nudity exactly? Because it's PG-13. <laughs> Conveniently placed stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, they got around it. And it's then the, pretty funny. And then the dumb line, like, she's a zombie. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm tired of zombies. Can we just not use that word anymore? No, man. When he say, they say, she's 
There was some zombie in there. And he's like, there's no zombies in The Shining. Like, I, I mean, uh, what is she if she's not a zombie? She's, I, I guess she's just an evil-looking old lady. Yeah. She's, she's totally naked and gross. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I think they're just, like, they're unfamiliar with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, theoretically, you can go to any movie in this, in the Oasis, correct? I mean, it seems like that. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Why not Buckaroo Banzai? Because you brought it. Because they brought it up earlier. Because they, it's too obscure a reference to actually show in the movie. Everyone knows The Shining, right? I Everybody's guess. gonna know Buckaroo Banzai now too. But they the better whole, not. You're gonna ruin <laughs> it for me. But with the Shining segment, I was like, I want to go home and watch a Shining now. Yeah, that's, that's what Joel said. <laughs> <laughs> Which runs into the, one of the major problems that a bunch of different movies do. You don't reference another movie that is is vastly superior to the movie <laughs> you're making. This is just going to make people want to go back and watch that movie. Like once the music kicked in, I was like, oh man, I haven't seen that in such a long time. I, I did really enjoy the whole sequence, though. Like the recreation and, and like the actual movie shots they were using. It, it was fun to do. Yeah, that. It ran a little too long. Like, once it gets to the point where it's a, a twist and it becomes part of a video game, then I immediately lost interest. But it's like, that that place is scary on its own. I don't need a ghost ballroom. Yeah, but it does kind of fit in with a ghost ballroom in the movie, too. Yeah. A zombie ballroom. So, I don't know. Apparently in the book, it's like a DDR thing. The second challenge, so big step up, I think. I thought you were talking about in The Shining. There's a DDR thing. Oh, no. Like, no. In the book... There's a dance-off? I've read that book. <laughs> in the book, Ready Player One, the second challenge is like a DDR fantasy Okay, thing. so it is, it is kind of like what they're doing in the, uh, Bar. the zero, zero G dance hall. Yeah. Okay. It's a step up. And like the whole, like, with the axe swinging stuff, that felt like like, that should be, like, some sort of virtual ride. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, if they made a virtual thing of, like, exploring the hotel and then you run out into the into the hedge maze, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's great. That could be, like, a, a Haunted Halloween Nights thing at uh, one of the L.A. studio things. For sure. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, it's like, yeah, Halloween. Yeah, I think it is just Halloween Nights. It could be Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, but with, like, Jack Nicholson popping out. That is a really good idea. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is a really good idea. Like, those stationary storybook rides <laughs> or, like, haunted houses, and you're just riding through. You could do that for a bunch of different movies. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sure there's Spielberg is playing something out. Listen, <laughs> send us money today. We'll start this <laughs> off. And let's see. So the third challenge is dumb. Yeah. So third challenge was within the the Oasis. You have to play an original Atari twenty six hundred. Sure. So it's like that's a that's a I guess, but at the same time, it's like it's a movie. You can kind of go bigger with it. Yeah. And they found this by doing something that gamers do actually do, which is powering through, like doing something over and over again until you get the different result. In this case, they like 
went to er- they figured out it had something to do with a castle, so they went to every castle until somebody found the one that was the right one. Yeah. Because they had a massive amount of people in the in the business. I one oh one or IOI, whatever it was. IOI. IOI. Which is yeah. Which is one zero one zero one zero one. Yeah, which is uh five and binary. Yeah. Yeah, that's five. Five, one, two. Binary. But in high school, I took electronics, so I can read numbers in binary. I was pretty cool. One is one, ten is two, eleven is three, one hundred is four, one hundred one is five. Yep, makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, let let me let me tell you specifically what's wrong with this challenge. As a video game nerd, anyone who knows anything about the Atari 2600 and the game Adventure knows about that secret that is revealed by him. That it was the first Easter egg in video games because the person who designed the game was not allowed to put his name into any sort of credits. Nobody that was making games for Atari was allowed to do that because Nolan Bushnell wanted to be a company thing and not a single person thing. So the designer of Adventure put that secret thing in there with his name in there. That's like, for a video game nerd, you would have known that. These people that were playing the challenge, they would have figured that out much earlier. Once again, I feel like the second challenge, I never would have figured out. So it wouldn't have mattered anyways. Enough of my stupid nerd (laughs) video game ranting. I apologize so much to myself. Okay. But like I uh, I mean we that that's that scene ends up with a huge battle scene that you like see in the trailers and yeah. and stuff like that. And I actually enjoyed when they got down to the the big fight, you know, mm-hmm. when uh I mean since we're spoiling, it'll just go into it, you know, like yeah. Ben Mendelssohn breaks out Godzilla or Mecha Godzilla. And they played the Godzilla music and I was like, Jesus Christ, seriously. <laughs> like <laughs> I just like you, this movie does not earn playing that brilliant Godzilla theme. No. See, all those things they had to pay for, I'm sure, is like this one, that one, like the music, the yeah. the visual, like in- intellectual property of the way some of these things looked. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how much money it cost to make this movie, but I think it cost a lot. Yeah, just oh, like the problem with like this type of like super referency type of thing is that it becomes distracting at a certain point and, it's, and it's, it turns into like I don't think you know how to tell a story because cause you have to rely on it's like Family Guy writing where like oh, yeah. one, one of every ten jokes works but the other nine you miss, it's just a complete mess where it's just like you're just relying way too much on references or we thought it was funny the first three times we watched it, and now because we have, like, all the Family Guys memorized, we're like, that's not funny anymore. Yeah. I already know that joke. Yeah, I don't know. I I think for our generation specifically, I think that it could have a lot in it that will stay relevant for us for a while, but I don't know about younger generations or... Like Spencer. People older than us, if the, if it would like. Uh, hey, I'm just a decade younger. That's a different generation. Okay, that's true. 
You weren't playing Battletoads, therefore when those three Battletoads show up on the battlefield, you didn't get super excited. No, but I once saw a Gundam, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I was like, what's he going to pull out? Oh, he's got to pull out Ultraman, right? Ultraman versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah, I'm into this. And then he pulled out a Gundam, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's actually a slightly pleasant yeah. surprise. But either way, it's cool. But the thing with the big battle sequence was it was undercut several times because they cut to the real world. Yeah, well, weren't you excited that, that Olivia Cook was going to get caught? And Sure. And just that, like that hideous Olivia Cook with that, that birthmark. <laughs> oh my god, I couldn't even look at her. Yeah, she you know, she's just this adorable redhead with this horrible, horrible facial scar uh, uh, over her eye. My it's god. like she put on a little too much foundation. That's the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the first time since like she's all that that I was like seriously like yeah that's the that's the dorky ugly girl that doesn't realize she's actually pretty mm-hmm. and it's just like and her whole role it reminds me of uh, Etcher Tomorrow where Emily Blunt starts out as like this complete badass and you like when I saw Etcher Tomorrow I was like Oh, she's gonna be the he- real hero of the movie. Tom Cruise mm-hmm. is gonna be a loser. And then halfway through, I was like, "Oh, they're not gonna subvert my expectations." And Tom Cruise is the hero. And this was like, "Oh, she's gonna." I, I was hoping she's gonna be the real hero. I was like, "Oh no, Wade Watts saves the day." Of course he does, and she just becomes a kidnap fodder because of course she does. I think she actually is the hero of the movie. I mean, I think he is as well, but I didn't feel watching it like she wasn't capable. Like, I mean, Mm. whether or not, I don't know what the book is written like or what, but like, I kind of feel, I was glad she was a character. I've seen movies like this that didn't have any girls at all. Yeah, she is active, but then at the end, like, she... Like, I, I've seen this trope before where, like, the woman is a prize, and this time it really felt like it really gross to me. With him, like, in the real world, uh, something, something, and they start kissing, and it's like, yeah, I get it. You, you won the girl. It's this, like, she, 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 her, her role becomes a lot less interesting as it goes on. Well, it works out because don't you see they take over the oasis and they're all they're together forever after that. And five years later, they're going to discover her skinless body a couple no. blocks away. He's super rich; he can do that. He's like uh, the Jinx. Exactly. Was what was that nerd guy's name? Uh, Robert Durst. I was going to say Pattinson. <laughs> no, yeah, Robert Pattinson. Also, he's murdered many a homeless person. Not not anybody. You know, that people are looking for. Yeah, he yeah he's uh in doing the real life game from uh, that John Woo movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. If you want to be in a Cronenberg movie, you have to kill a hobo in front of him. I, I happen to know this. Oh, are That's you in? Are you in the next well, one? I, I've I've done it many times, but he's always looking the wrong way. Oh, uh, one day. Mm-hmm. So is there? I I feel like we've just been you and I specifically Spencer, mm-hmm. just been picking this apart. Any good stuff you want to talk about besides the the things we've mentioned? 
the good stuff, like, it sounds like I hate this movie, but I don't. Like, I I would genuinely watch this again and genuinely enjoy it again. But for me, what I liked was, I liked these side characters more than Wade Watts. I liked Artemis and Helen slash H. Uh, not Chobo. What's the kid's name? Uh, Show. Show. Yeah, Show. And um, the uh, other guy whose name I forgot. The Japanese Daiso, one. Daiso. Yeah. I like that crew a whole lot. And yeah. like, and this, their whole interaction. And then the, the white guy comes along. It's like, okay, I know who's, what's going to happen now. And I am the best of you all. But, uh, Percival. I, I like that Helen was, uh, a, a black woman. I yeah. didn't expect to see any black people, period, in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, apparently that is in the book. Like, her, her character gets revealed as a, a female black lesbian, specifically. Oh, okay, she felt coded lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, they don't it's gonna come out and say it in this uh, movie, but if you uh, watched Master of None, she's got a reoccurring part where oh, okay. that's that's part of her character and detail. she is as a character in that doesn't mean that's who she is in real life. No, it absolutely <laughs> does mean that in real life, but, I'm saying. No, it's okay. I'm not... I'm, Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. I like her. She was she was good in Master of None, too. If I saw her kissing a boy, I'd be like, what? No. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, she um, looks like a chef that I work with at my new job who is also a lesbian. Oh, that's cool. She cool. Who, Oh uh, yeah, she loves NBA and uh, the show Psych because we have oh, B- BFTVs at work, and she always turns to Psych. Yeah, always, Psych's great. Yeah, always laughs her ass off every time she turns it on. <laughs> I've seen like the same episode uh, five times already. The oh, one with um, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Gina Gina Gershon and uh, uh, Tim Curry. Oh, Tim Curry is oh, the so guy. Oh, so it's the who, like, uh, yeah, American like a, Idol. Yeah, yeah, I think. yeah. And there's the part where the two guys are like sneaking around the hotel, and a a guy on a motor scooter drives by, and they like stick to the wall. That's like the second episode. That's like really on, like in season one. Uh, I, USA, I no psych. USA is playing that episode all the time. I see yeah. it once a week at work. You know, <laughs> get the mileage out of it. I love psych. We've watched it at least twice all the way through. In fact, you can hear me talking about it very <laughs> briefly in the latest uh, episode on... Uh, what was that movie we watched with Ryan and Jay? <laughs> Earth Girls Are Easy. Anyway, I say it's a white person show. Obviously, I've been proven wrong. <laughs> Why? Because a black lesbian watches it? That's right. Okay, I guess It just so. takes one. Yeah. And you watch it too, even though not by choice. Yeah, it's that or Lifetime. Oh, man. I, I, I prefer Psych. <laughs> psych, it's better than Lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> no, no doubt. But, okay, so, like, the, the side characters I really like. Like, uh, TJ Miller genuinely was very funny. I wish there was more of him. Uh, the the Gundam reveal genuinely got me real excited. Uh, I'd say, like, maybe, like, one-tenth of the references when they'd pop up, like, oh, I like this thing. But, like, that's kind of it. It was, like, and, like, Spielberg kind of turned this very messy script into something watchable where you can overlook yeah. it, and it's like, oh, okay, the, he, he's a professional. 
Like, he knows how to make a big crowd pleaser of a movie. That he does. I think that's what it is. It's a big crowd pleaser of a movie, but I think I think there's more depth to it than it seems like there is from the surface. And I like that I, I like that there's hope in it, like I said. Not an- I don't want to cut you off, but Joel, what did you like in it? There there were a bunch of like little things that I enjoyed inside the game itself. Like I was telling Sarah that a pro- another problem I have with the movie in general is that I don't want to watch somebody experience this. I want to play this game. You know, I I, you know, I want to do the super fun things in that game. Uh, so I I like that library. Like the the idea of a library where you could watch memories. Oh yeah, in, in like a, a movie format is, is crazy. I I love to have Simon Pegg as a butler robot too. Sure. That'd be a lot of fun. I didn't know it was Simon Pegg. Did you know it was him before? It was no. Revealed. When it was real, like, oh, that was really clever. That's like that's like the only time I I thought that. I wonder if he, he's just suited up all the time, just in case he needs to be uh, needs to search for something. Yeah, like I just like that. Um, like he got to use his actual voice because his American accent. I don't buy it. Was he had done an American accent? Wasn't he American in this? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. And at the whole time, I was like, this doesn't sound right. I thought he was from Scotland, based on Star Trek. He's Scotty in Oh, yeah, I forgot he's in that. Come on. I saw the first one. I could have seen the second one for free, like, a week before it came out. And I chose not to. the first one. Okay. Uh, To me, John Cho is the star. Let's see, what else did I... I also liked... Uh, I liked a bunch of the action scenes inside the game. I did not like any of the action scenes in the real world because it did, the stakes just feel really low until, like we said earlier, they blow up a whole bunch of people, and even then it's not picking up. There was absolutely nothing exciting about the whole truck versus car chase that was happening in the real world because that's not that's not an exciting thing. <laughs> You you can't do it unless they you know I, like I, it would have to be more action movie I guess I can't you can't make it happen that way though nah. like oh no he's moving around inside the game and uh, there's a great a Spielberg touch this is a Spielberg touch not a Klein touch where where like every time they'd open the van it'd be different people at the very end uh, do you remember that or like uh, I was like he, they opened the van at the end. And it's like Ben Mendelsohn, they open it again, it's the cops. And they open it again, and it's... Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Ogden. Yeah. Well, first it was Ogden. Ogden. First, uh, first it was Ben Mendelsohn, then it was Ogden, and then it was Ogden with the lawyers. Yeah. And then it was the cops or whatever. Yeah, which reminds me of a Kurosawa movie, Scandal, where there's a similar uh, idea done with um, every time you see these two characters talking to the press... There are there's more and more press every time they cut to the press. If you remember that scandal, yeah, it was definitely referencing this amazing Kurosawa movie. It's Spielberg, maybe he was. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, he could have been. He could have been. Sarah, is there anything else you want to point out that that you really liked? Um. Yeah, I think that, like I said, I think that the the characters are kind of. Steve Jobs-ish and and stuff, but I think that there's also this Willy Wonka thing to it. 
and I really like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but there's some, there are other references that are similar. I just think that when he's given sort of the keys to the kingdom at the end, that that's really similar to the end of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I also think... Well, you even passed that the test. The end. Yeah, the end. In the end, when he's in that room, I got really emotional. I don't know why, but... Maybe I'm getting more emotional as I get older. <laughs> Maybe I'm more estrogen in my system. <laughs> but this uh felt really personal to me, and I don't know why. It reminded me of something. Probably reminded me of things I actually knew in my own life from that time period. But it resonated with me, and it made me feel emotional that he was kind of like saying goodbye to the world through like an... Like, after projection of himself. Yeah, that was kind of weird at the end when he's like, you're not, is he really dead? Yes. Like, what are you? And he just, like, kind of winks and, like, leaves or whatever. He doesn't yeah. wink because he's not that kind of character, but yeah, he's like, that, what are they trying to say? I That was like, is this a fantasy movie now? It, it's... Oh, he's downloaded his soul. It's just not like... This touch was unnecessary, where it's like he, he, that could have been done differently, where it's not as clunky. It just feels like another weird clunky world thing to throw in, where it's like, what is this exactly? Sure. It's yeah. inconsistent with, like, I don't, I'm not trying to harp on the writing that much. It's just, ugh, I know it's not pretentious, but as a writer, things like this really get under my skin. Yeah, see, you're you're nerding out as a writer. I'm nerding out as as a uh, vintage gamer, and and Sarah is a good person. So the rest of us are going to hell. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I like the end. I like I, I like that reveal at the end that of the like the virtual room. You know, it, it's it was different than everything else at that point. Yeah, uh, I can say that much about it. But uh, yeah, okay. I yeah. Sarah? Yeah, that's, um, that's, I think, all I have to say about it, except I recommend it. I had fun with it. I'll probably see it again. And, um, I hate CG movies. I, I don't hate them with a passion. I just usually can't get past the aesthetics of it. And in this movie, I was able to set that aside, which was kind of a triumph for me. That's good. Spencer? Yeah, uh, despite the huge problem I had with it, it's it's a whole lot of fun, and uh, I would recommend watching it. And but if someone saw us and absolutely hated it, I would completely understand. Or someone loved it, and I'd completely understand. It's just kind of uh, it's a big old mess, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I hope that the our uh, criticism of it, our our like analyzation of the subject of the product, doesn't take away from somebody's enjoyment of it. Especially if you really liked it, good. Keep on really liking it. It's it doesn't matter what yeah. anyone else thought about. Yeah, I, I don't think you are a lesser person or stupid if you liked it. It's more it's more me being uh having uh, being pretentious. Well, it's it's just our in like uh, our nature as like film lovers. Like we yeah. 
we tear things apart, even if we think they're like masterpieces. It's just one of our, it's the way we enjoy movies. Yeah. And it's not surface level. And <laughs> I, I certainly have surface level movies that I don't care about the flaws. I was, I was just talking to somebody on the internet about how much I like the movie Taken, which mm. I can't say if that's a good movie, but man, do I like it. I've seen it like six or seven times, which is very unusual for a movie past the mm. year 2000. Hmm. So, go see Rattery Player One. Yeah. All right, Spencer, where else can they, they get more of your stuff? Uh, I do a podcast called... Uh, I almost said Please, don't send, me, <laughs> Please don't send Me Outer Space. Oh, um, no. Um, You've certainly world, been on that before. Yeah, my the worlds are mixing. Uh, I don't know where I am anymore. Okay. Oh. I, I have, I have a podcast with, uh, Joel called High and Low A Cursaw podcast where we take a Cursaw movie, pick another Japanese movie from that same year, and we, uh, do episodes on both and we kind of talk about, uh, what they're like, what's similar, slash an excuse to watch Japanese movies and use Filmstruck, essentially. That's us. Japanese yeah. movies, Kurosawa. Yeah. I don't and mention it enough on the, the regular podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I noticed. What else? What else? But, um, yeah, uh, you need to know we are not experts by any stretch. We are just fans that like Kurosawa and old Japanese movies. And uh, uh, Sarah has been on twice. One on Studio Ghibli and one on... Some other movie I can't recall. All right, hand. Wedding ring. Wedding ring. Yeah, wedding ring. Like episode ten or eleven or something. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Cornelius was on the Hidden Fortress episode. I wonder why. I don't know. Uh, Let's listen and find out. But um, I also have a blog called Jailhouse Seven Zero One Japanese Cult Cinema, where I go through Japanese cult movies and review them, and I am. About to close out the Battles Without Honor and Humanity series, which is a very dense, very well done. It's essentially the Japanese Godfather, uh, but as the Godfather was better and more chaotic, in my opinion. And um, yeah, so you can check that out. Just search Jailhouse 701 Japanese Cult Cinema. And uh, by have some other writing stuff learn on the internet. You can listen to High and Low to hear all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, listener, if you want to hear more of us talking about recent movies, let us know. Maybe we'll start a uh, In the Theater's Brain Trust, since uh, Aaron, Aaron is usually not available to record on a whim. That's why uh, he hasn't been on some of this on-screen stuff. But let us know. You know, Email please don't podcast at gmail.com or Write to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pdsmios. Thank you for being on, Spencer. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that the movie did not ruin your day like sometimes these movies do. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> any, any chance to talk to you and Sarah is a delightful time. Awesome. All right. Uh, Avitasen, hashtag pineapple party, hashtag DeLorean, hashtag high and low podcast correct we'll see you next time folks bye
EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.